This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB, normally every Saturday from 3 to 6. Today, I'm on till 7 because WSB has been covering a lot of the red state events. There is an, uh, it's the event where Republican candidates who are running for the presidential nomination are gathering here in Atlanta, and Donald Trump was slated to be the speaker at tonight's tailgate party, which is from 6 to 9 at the College Football Hall of Fame. And because of some offensive comments he made, Eric Erickson, who runs the Red State uh, event and organization, disinvited uh, Trump. So what? this is, in a nutshell, what happened. Donald Trump was in the debate on Fox on Thursday. It was all these Republican candidates, the top 10. Megyn Kelly asked him a question about the nasty things he says about women. How can you run as the Republican when we're accused of having a war on women? And he shot back some funny stuff about not being PC, and he only attacks Rosie O'Donnell. But he did say to her right away, oh, I could attack you because you're mean to me and I don't. But later on, there was some back and forth over the next few days. And in a CNN interview, Donald Trump said uh, that she had blood coming out of her eyes, that she had uh, blood coming out of her wherever, something like that. And people were really offended by this, read into it some really gross stuff that you can imagine, I guess. We kind of have to think about it for a second. Like, the idea is that she was too hormonal to think straight. But I noticed, and I posted on my website, MonicaPerezShow.com, that later in the interview, just two minutes later, he said the same thing about Chris Wallace. He said he had blood pouring out of his eyes also. So I, I personally... Don't care what I, I have very thick skin. I don't care at all what he says. Um, as long as he doesn't want to take away my liberty, I'm totally fine with whatever. And hopefully if people defend the Bill of Rights, it really doesn't matter what his personal opinion is. But people were offended and the response has been all across the board. So I am right now going. Uh, I want to take as many calls as I can. Normally, if you listen to my show, you hear I really like back and forth. I like to go deep. But today, because I've just got so many great calls, I really want to do rapid fire. So if you're on hold, I'll definitely get to you. But it's got to be a little bit rapid fire. I'm also um, getting tweets galore. This is from Ashley. Uh, Trump is an embarrassment to all conservatives and all Americans acting like a whiny child. It's not presidential. So uh, I've gotten a lot of calls um, on both sides of the aisle and tweets, too. If you want to tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show, you can. And also you can post uh, to my get to my Facebook by my website, MonicaPerezShow.com. So I am going to just hit the ground running and go to Don in Atlanta. Hi, Don. You're on with Monica. Uh, hi, Monica. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I heard that this morning, too, about uh, about um, what, what Trump said, but he didn't say that. He just said, like he, everybody else has been saying, or whatever and all that. But um, Eric's 
come around saying that, well, I was going to take my wife and daughter to the to the Trump rally. Why would he going to take his wife and the daughter to, to the Trump rally? He knows how he's going, how, how he does, and everything. It could be. I mean, you know, he just come off the come up. Donald said he wasn't a, he wasn't a a debater, and on top of that, you know, it's his first time on there. He, you know, all people are human. And Eric, Eric just didn't like him to start with. Just like Herman Cain did about when he ran for president, they tried to they tried to uh, uh, witch hunt on him. You know, he's in first place. But I mean, that that's what I see it is. But you know how Donald is. He's going to say what Donald's Donald's going to say. He's not he's not scared to say what he what he what he means. But he's shitting If he said that, what they said, he said he's he, they they're twisting it around. I think. And we need somebody. Somewhere like that, it's got some kind of guts in in the, in the White House where they can stand up for everybody like that. Well, that's a great point, Don. It is important, I think, to have somebody with guts in the White House because, uh, like, if you do listen to my show, you know I I usually dig a little more. I usually dig deeper in that I I believe that most of the time these presidents are puppets and if they're not puppets they better watch their backs because that shadow government lasts through administrations i i i don't think there's any way to not acknowledge that there's big power big power in the world that does not derive from our elected officials so it would be nice if somebody were above it uh, so I agree with you there. I think that some of the stuff that these people say does get a little like not I, I wouldn't want it. I wouldn't want to hear it during the day and in my car. But this event was going to be at night. It was a tailgate party. I can see it being a family gathering. Now, what Trump actually said was not didn't burn my ears. So I wouldn't super worry about him. But they will. I agree they're going after him or um, they go after the front runner. But but like I said, I dig deeper. And it seems to me that this thing that the Donald Trump uh, whole circus was fed by the media all along. And it could be just as simple as they knew they could deliver a blockbuster for ratings. 24 million people listened to that debate, watched that debate on Thursday. It was, a, it was a record breaker. And building up Donald Trump didn't cost them anything. They got some airtime out of him. And uh, he's a reality star. He could be counted on for ratings. So it could be that. It could be all that they're just continuing this show because it's it's just good stuff, you know? <laughs> it's it's what they call good good TV gold. I'm going to Antonio in Dallas. Hi, Antonio. You're on with Monica. Hey, how are you doing today? Good. What you got? Good. Uh, first of all, I'm a new Boston Democrat. First of all, the only person I really like uh, is Donald Trump as far as GOP. Uh, he's straight to this point, just like most Boston people. He says what he thinks. As far as Eric Erickson, I think he's a hypocrite. The guy, and uh, he called, I believe, the Speaker of the House of Georgia, and other congressmen, I believe he called them prostitutes for not supporting his Religious Freedom Act, so I think he's a hypocrite on that part. Also, I didn't learn anything from uh, from watching the debate. What are, what are the candidates for? How are they going to solve the problem? You know what you learned? You learned that Chris Christie wants to play fast and loose with the Fourth Amendment and that Rand Paul doesn't. That is the one thing I learned from that debate. <laughs> Exactly, but you know something? They haven't come up with any solutions. What, what are the solutions? If you're, if you're against abortion, are you for sex education? Are you for providing contraceptives so you limit help women? Are you for the day, the pill, the day after pill? Are you for any of those things? If you're getting rid of welfare and things like that, you want to uh, try to uh, limit welfare, what are you going to replace it? Are you going to try to push people towards religious organizations and stuff like that to try to get help? 
I, I had the same issue with that debate, actually. I was going to do this whole show on the debate, and my main problem was that everybody on that stage, with the exception of Rand Paul, who I wasn't even sure he was going to be an exception because of how he's pivoted towards the center lately, but they all seem to have to get in line on the issues, have the exact same ideas about policy, about platform, and I, I think that the Republican Party is very diverse as far as what they think the issues are and what they think the right policy should be. I think those are the issues that should be vetted. This Chris Christie Rand Paul debate on the Fourth Amendment, where Rand Paul says, hey, you need a warrant. You cannot just vacuum up people's uh, information, whether it's phone numbers they call or what. It doesn't matter. You shouldn't do that, according to the Fourth Amendment. And Chris Christie says, well, we don't have time for that. You know, we've got I he didn't say that. I'm I'm just the the impression I got was he he thinks that that is an uh, uh, an unsafe approach and that's a real issue that's a real debate and I I wish that we were actually having a robust debate about policy but my feeling is that the Republican establishment really has sewn up stuff like who gets on that debate stage they say it's about polls but polls can be manipulated so it's not nobody wants those issues vetted maybe over time maybe I did did want to give them the benefit of the doubt that this was the first cut, the first pass. So maybe over time, you are going to get uh, some some greater depth here. I think we, we probably have to do that. I'm going to Janet in Gainesville. Janet, you're on with Monica. Uh, yes, I, I just want to make a few uh, comments, and then I'll hang up and listen to you. Uh, to me, the, Obama is uh, determined to bring separation and divide us uh, with everything that he does and not unite us. And I think that the American people are just fed up with total dysfunction in all of Washington. Um, it seemed to me that the Fox panel had, had set up their questions for these people in a way that was not geared toward uh, let's talk about these issues and what is your plan to fix things. It's almost like they're asking the questions in a way to try to get everybody bickering and, and make it a, uh, you know, uh, just a free for all with everybody slugging it out. That's what they wanted. And that's what the American people are sick of. That we're sick of sitting and watching all these people bicker amongst themselves. And they don't get anything done. Not um, not only do they not get anything done, but I feel like they are not even vetting the issues. They're not having a serious discussion. I had the same, a similar observation about the debate in that, like this Megyn Kelly question of, these are all the nasty things you said about women. <laughs> you know, <laughs> respond. And they, they actually did that to sweet, gentle Ben Carson. They were like, you're, you're make mistakes about everything. So, so there, you know, it's like, well, how is that a question? Like, explain yourself. How are you going to defeat Hillary if you made mistakes in the past? And I, I didn't like that approach either. I really would have liked a substantive discussion of the issues. But maybe the whole point of all this, even even on the surface, if you don't dig deep, simply the point is who can beat Hillary? And they want to vet these guys for the nastiness that's going to come from the left and the general. So I'm going to keep this conversation going. I love it. Uh, last more calls. Uh, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. 87 degrees outside the studio right now. Stay tuned to WSB for weekend weather brought to you by Shoemate, the official air conditioning of summer. 
Uh, I have a tweet here tr- uh, from Wes. Trump's whole campaign is a show. He's a globalist, if anyone is. Trump International is worth $4 billion. He used to be a Democrat. Come on. Uh, so that's, um, that's a way to look at it. I usually dig deep, and I look at where these guys have a relationship with the power elite. And in this case, uh, you know, I thought he doesn't even, I don't even think Donald Trump makes any bones about it. I think he's pretty clear. So let me go to continue with the calls. I'm going to go rapid fire. Lots of calls. I'm going to Don and Ackworth. Don, you're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. Um, I'll try to go as quick as I can. Um, not an uninformed voter. I used to have my own online political show. So, you know, I am quite informed. Now, I talked with Eric Erickson Friday night, and I gave him just a short description. You know, my name, where I'm from, that I did not watch the the debate because I had already made my determination as to the fact that it wasn't going to be a debate. Because it wasn't. To me, it was just a glorified witch hunt with a bunch of reporters cherry-picked by the station. And they went after Donald Trump. Very first thing, are you going to support the Republicans? If one's chosen. No, he's not. Yeah, that was a low blow. If you didn't see the debate, let me just tell people what they actually did was they immediately targeted him as the only person they knew would have to step forward and say, I would consider a third party run. So they attacked him coming out of the shoot. But I always I even thought it felt a little staged to me. But but he did say later, Trump said that he was blindsided by that. He didn't expect to be attacked like that out of the shoot. So the second question should have been that if. Mr. Trump is going to be the uh, uh, the chosen delegate. Will you support him? Should have asked the other nine people the same freaking question. Well, I think they were they were saying that they they were because they said everybody needs to support the other guy. But I actually like Donald Trump's response to that third party question. It was very uh, negotiating the deal. He said, "My leverage here is that if you don't choose me as your nominee." you might face me in the general election and you don't want that. And I want to be your nominee. So vote for me. It's a little, um, threatening, you know, but that's, that's his style. Telling you that, you know what, the Republicans are going to cut their nose off there despite their own face to keep him out of the white house. Because they know the same thing that the rest of us know. If there is a third party in there, there's a real good, potential for the democrats to win so the republicans don't care that's what he's proving well i'll tell you don that does bring up a point that i noticed with ron paul a lot of people or several at least prominent republicans said i would not support ron paul if he were the nominee for the republican party and and they lost that election by abandoning this very strong powerful with a lot of momentum libertarian force that could have brought up the tea party that could have appealed to independence anti-war left that was abandoned by their party so I I have long and there was there's a book by Irving Crystal I've mentioned before this uh, autobiography of a of an idea neoconservatism where they said hey if you're not going to have power and big government to the Republican Party this was advice then then there's no point in winning the elections don't go for the small government guys anymore because they erode the actual power that you can wield I mean. 
it's no it's it's true that they uh want want their guy do or die i'm going to dan and roswell dan you're on with monica hey mon um first point uh donald trump has proven himself to be nothing more than a little thin-skinned bully we've had one of those in the white house for seven years and i'm really not looking forward to another one well i i don't those ad hominem attacks like where people you say something they don't like and they lash out at you personally i don't like that at all i hate that it's yeah, like a classic somebody's fallacy. cell phone number out there or see that just <laughs> so it just seems like theater to me and the funny thing is i called this when donald trump first said that obnoxious thing about immigrants being rapists right away there was the story in san francisco of the illegal immigrant killing that woman and it's a it's a weird story like if you dig into it it doesn't necessarily fit the narrative that he was right. trying to pump but the media allowed that to give trump momentum and then the next week they reported this weird el chapo tweet that el chapo was you know on the uh, was mad at trump and i mean that can't that can't have been true it was totally <laughs> unvetted you know because the media wanted to keep giving him momentum so when they did this thing with mccain and lindsey graham both of whom are so totally in the game you know you can't i can't think of anything they do as being genuine i started to smell a rat with this whole circus this i don't know if this is an extension of that or if they're trying to rein him in after they unleashed this guy so they could get more ratings you know i think they're probably well, the, stuff the one common denominator in this whole situation is donald trump's mouth if he hadn't said all those things about rosie o'donnell and everything and megan kelly couched her question she said all the you know the democrats have this supposed war on women issue that's how she started her question to him right and and the reality is that it is not news that this guy says puts his foot in his mouth or doesn't even care that he says stuff about women that he his personal treatment of women i'm going to tell you a story i got to cut your break but after the break i'm going to tell you a story about one time I was uh, in a convenience store and in walks Donald Trump. And believe it or not, it is pertinent, relevant to what I have to say of my impressions of him and why this is no surprise to me. Plus, lots more of your calls. 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB, normally on from 3 to 6 every Saturday. Today I'm on till 7. We've moved the schedule around a little bit for the Red State gatherings. I am talking about the controversy between Donald Trump and Eric Erickson. Uh, Donald Trump was supposed to speak at this Eric Erickson Red State event tonight, and his comments offended a lot of people, including Eric, and he was disinvited. And his comments was that um, when Megyn Kelly was attacking him during the debate, she had blood coming out of her eyes and blood coming out of her wherever. Now, I myself don't think that he really meant the gross stuff people are saying that he meant because two minutes later in that interview in which he said that, literally two minutes exactly, he said the same thing about Chris Wallace. He said that guy had blood pouring out of his eyes too. They were both attacking me or whatever. So I I am not quick to take offense, and I, I think it could have gone either way, but I don't think the Trump campaign did a very good job in getting ahead of this, in clarifying. Um, I heard Eric say that he actually tried to get them to clarify, and they wouldn't. So 
there was that. But here's the thing. Like, that was not news to me. The reason this whole thing started was that Megyn Kelly was rattling off all the nasty things he said about women. But I'll tell you, I'll roll that back even further. Because when I was growing up, that uh, I remember, I grew up in New York, so Trump was in the news all the time, and uh, there were he had eventually he was prominent with his wife Ivana, and then later he left her for his mistress Marla, whatever Maple, something like that, and then there was another one after that that he left the middle one for, and there were also like stories that he was just a, a real shark. Like I heard the stories of him. And Bill Clinton. Now, I do not have evidence of the story, but it is relevant. This is what they did. They This is the sp- supposed story with these guys, is that they would look over the crowd if they were at some event or whatever and pick a woman and tell one of their lackeys, this is Bill Clinton and Donald Trump, so rumor has it, to go over and proposition uh, this woman they chose on on their behalf. I think Clinton's line, I saw this in like the Clinton Chronicles documentary, was she has that come hither look. Like they would be able to pick them out. And I, I didn't know what to make of those stories. I didn't, there was no reason to believe them or not believe them. But one time, I lived in New York for a long time and I was in a convenience store, a, a little tiny grocery, and Donald Trump walks in and he had a bunch of people with him and he literally walked around this like, dirty little convenience store pointing at like chips and soda and this and that. And then he walked out and his lackey went around and picked up all the things that he had pointed to and brought them to the counter and paid for them. And I was like, wow, that's what they say he does for women. So I had always, even when my mother called and said, oh, I love Donald Trump, blah, blah, blah. I said, really? This guy who left his wife for, for his mistress and then left the next one for the next one. I was like, my mother's super Catholic. And I thought, wow, I said to her, he just doesn't seem like your kind of guy. And she said, he's a straight shooter. He can't be bought, blah, blah, blah. And I really hadn't even given him a chance. And then when I started looking at his interviews, I watched the debate. He seemed smarter than I thought he was going to come off as, really being able to think on his feet. And he definitely shakes stuff up. And uh, I didn't hold against him these stories about women, true or false, because unless he actually wants to make a policy of that, I don't have a problem with it. That's why I'm a libertarian. I don't need to find the perfect person. I just need to find someone who will defend the Bill of Rights. So I, I have no problem with Donald Trump, he's like in my top three, but of course I prefer Rand Paul because I'm a libertarian and Rand Paul was was the only one who went toe-to-toe on an actual issue in the debate from my recollection when he went uh, up against Chris Christie just saying, hey, why don't you just commit to following the Fourth Amendment and advocating for warrants? The founders figured it out. That's a substantive issue and and that's what I want. I want libertarians, but... This is not news to me. I don't think it's news that Donald Trump uh, says nasty things about women, although I don't think this is a particularly good example. But I've got so many great calls I want to get to. No more stories from me. I want to do rapid fire so I can get to all the calls. But unlike my normal MO, I'm going to uh, hit them real quick. I'm going to go to Bob Indicator. Bob, you're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing fine. Uh, listen, I, I watched both debates, and after simmering for a couple of days, I really enjoyed the first debate the best. The uh, one, what I call the B-list, the people yeah, who did not B-list. rate 1% in the polling. Well, it might have been 1%, but I, did, I think they stayed on point. And although yeah. 
uh, Trump is is uh, not my man. Uh, Ted Cruz and, and uh, Carly are my two favorites. But here's one thing I wanted yeah. to ask you. Now, Kelly has um, she's interviewed Trump many times on her show before the debate. And my question is, I think she sandbagged that question, and I think she deliberately held that question out for the debate. Now, right, I understand that, what you're saying. That's that's my opinion, and I think I think the first question that Brett asked him, I think that started the whole uproar. And then yes, pr- that that was a low blow. And yeah. in case people are just tuning in, the very first question was Brett Baer said to the not the ten people on the stage, "Would you all?" vow fealty or loyalty to whoever the nominee ends up being and promise us now that you will not run as a third party and Donald Trump was the only person who would not do that and I, that was totally predictable Megyn Kelly went after him with this but they but she went after Ben Carson in a very similar way and I didn't like it from start to finish it was what they call it was more like an ad hominem attack it was trying to pick out this stuff without going for the issues but I do think that they were going for that stuff because you could justify it by saying, hey, man, this is what's going to happen in the general. You have to have an answer for it. Well, I know, I know that, that, that these candidates are going to have to answer tough questions. But even the question that uh, Chris Wallace asked him about uh, bankruptcy. Now, he said he'd never filed personal bankruptcy, but he did file corporate bankruptcy. Four times. Yeah. Yes, there's many corporations, many small businesses, many medium-sized businesses that had to file bankruptcy. So, Yeah, I thought he had a good answer to that. He said, these lenders aren't babies, and I myself was a high-yield investment banker in New York, and it is absolutely baked into the high interest rates you pay that there are going to be some bankruptcies. And he touched on that. I think he might have pointed out that he took a chance in Atlantic City, and and it brought, they attempted to get some prosperity down there in the end. A lot of that stuff failed. I thought he did an okay job with that question, but it is an important question because his whole thing is that he's this great businessman, and he went bankrupt four times, and his answer is, hey, man, I know how to work the system. Now, if you want him to do that on your behalf, then we have to know what he's actually going to do. But what people really seem to like about him is that he's outside the system, which means is he really going to be able to do anything uh, I, I think we're still a little light on the real like tactics and policy that he would bring to bear. It's it's fun and games for now, but I think we're going to have to to dig in on what this guy plans to do when he has that kind of power. I'm going to Monroe and Austell. Hi, Monroe. You're on with Monica. Oh, Are you with uh, me? Yeah, Monica. Um, the whole deal with uh, Trump. Is a complete setup. They attacked him immediately because they knew that he was left everybody behind because he left everybody behind. He was way ahead in the polls. And they knew if they didn't bring him down now, later on it will be too late. They won't be able to. And that's what they did. It's a complete setup. I think there's a couple of different ways to look at what, what's really going on here. I think that you can look at it that way. 
that they really do want to bring him down. But you can also look at it like that was good TV. I mean, we are talking about a TV show around the clock for days. And he's a reality star. And Fox is no fool. They, they, don't, they know what they're doing. So it is possible, in my opinion, that this is just all part of this fantastic circus. I read that the presidential campaign season brings in billions of dollars in commerce, that it's great for the economy. I think that these actors, these players, are sophisticated. So it's possible that they were out to get him. I The only thing that made... I, I actually wondered if the whole thing was a show, but he did seem sincere when he said he was absolutely blindsided by them and he didn't uh, see that coming. But what they did was definitely good theater, and he held his own, in my opinion. So we'll see how this unfolds. I mean, to me, I think the fix is in for Jeb. I had JQ tweet at me earlier saying uh, they're they're promoting Trump. They're trying to build up the PR. They're trying to build up these controversies so that it is crystal clear that he's a loose cannon, that what we need in the White House is sanity. And who's the most boring candidate up there? Jeb Bush. What is the most brilliant way to promote boring guy than by showing how dangerous, interesting guy is? But that's going, I think, like a couple of layers peeling the onion. I'm going to Mark and Woodstock. Mark, you're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. Good afternoon. What I, what I found kind of interesting was Eric's response about, uh, you know, uh, Donald Trump not being a professional politician. I mean, is that really, that's what we've gotten ourselves into. I mean, look at all the professional politicians who are on stage now. I mean, you know, Walker gets up there, he rolls his sleeves up. That's a professional politician. I mean, we've got, you know, Newt Gingrich. I think Walker has, has had virtually no other career outside of politics. I think maybe it did a little bit, but it's, he's a, he is a career politician. Exactly. That's my point. So, you know, Eric's talking about, well, he's not a career politician. So, I mean, that's what Eric's in bed with. Oh, and, and that's the pro- That's how he's, sorry, I, that's how he tripped himself up is that, so what you're saying is I really want somebody who isn't a career politician, but as soon as they act like that, then they, they just can't, they, they just don't have a seat at the table anymore. Yeah, that, and that's it. And the second point is that I, that, you know, that I would ask somebody is on, on the first group, the five o'clock group. I mean, did, did anybody ask? I don't remember saying all that, but the fir- did the first question come up? Did they, ask, did they ask those seven on the stage? Would they vow to not be also take a run as, thir- as, a, as a third party? They did. But my my feeling was that if I, the only person I would have thought might have done that anyway was Rand Paul. And I think Rand it's Paul. very clear that he always he he endorsed Mitt Romney. And I just don't think I, I think he's already made it clear that he would not have answered like Trump did. So they knew what the an- they didn't ask that question without knowing what the answer would be. And Trump that's was the it. only person. That's right. That's right. So like, like Gary Ross is saying, it, it, it was a setup. I mean, it really is a setup. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it was a setup. But like I would I would just reiterate it's. It's possible. I mean, I don't know how good an actor Donald Trump is, but it's possible that this is this is just uh, how reality shows are made. I mean, I can't help but you know, it was like the Caitlyn Jenner thing. I thought this this person is a reality show professional promoting a reality show, and that does color how they approach the press that's covering what they want to talk about. I uh, lots more calls. Tony and Mar- Marietta is not happy. I want to know why. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. High today of 91 with a mix of clouds and sunshine. Low of 72 degrees. Stay tuned to WSB for weekend weather. Brought to you by Shoemate, the official air conditioning of summer. 
we're talking about Donald Trump. I'm a libertarian, so I'm never going to advocate for Donald Trump, but I'm I'm not going to bash him either. I can I I was surprised after I did all my investigation on all 10 candidates, which ones kind of floated to the top for me, which ones I would want to see continue in the race. And he was up there. But, uh, you know, it's easy for me because I'm not a hardcore Republican. I'm a libertarian and no one's ever going to please me. So I just want to read a couple of tweets from Jeff. Uh, Trump is using comedy, satire, and shock to expose the public to the theater of the absurd. He goes on, next tweet, they go after Donald Trump directly and Sanders indirectly with a media blackout. Both are tearing down the wall. I want to hear what you have to say. Lots of great calls going to Tony and Marietta. Hi, Tony. You're on with Monica. Hey, Miss Monica. Can you hear me okay? Um, okay for now. So talk quick because it sounds sketchy. Go. Yeah, it's a magic, Jack. Um, me and Andrew Dice Player are the only ones that can call Mr. Trump Donnie, but we'll come back to that. First, I want to give kudos to you because you do a great job at what you do. Thank you so uh, much. I appreciate I really, that. Uh, you do. I like listening to you. You captivate me, and I just can't stop listening to you. So you're doing a great job. Whatever. Even though I have this crazy Yankee accent? Well, I'm originally from New York. That's why you're fixing to get some New York attitude, even though I left there when I was two. <laughs> okay. All right, lay it on <laughs> me, bro. You got two minutes. Go. Yeah, okay. I liked the way you did your mom's voice, too, and you were talking like her. It sounded even more New Yorkish. That was cool. Yeah, they're from the same neighborhood as Andrew Dice Clay in Brooklyn, and my brother really? told me that he could tell because of the way he says curse words. Well, so I'm not. I'm good with my mom, but I, can't, I don't have those nuances down. Anyway, go ahead, Tony. Go. Okay. First of all, I've been thinking about it, and I think Eric Erickson did that as a publicity stunt just to get his name out there. I mean, I do that kind of stuff in Hollywood. Uh they're all friends behind the scenes. Republicans, Democrats, they're, they're all friends behind the scenes. Anyway, I just wish somebody would straighten out this country. Uh, I'm running for president under a fake name, Tom Gripes. I ran last time. I'm running again. If you go to YouTube, type in Tom Gripes, you can hear my speech and my policies. I run mainly just to get my policies out there because I know I can't win. Send it to my phone. email, and unless it's super offensive, yeah. I'll post it on my website. Oh, it's nothing offensive, so if you can't understand me on one of them, because I talk through this effect, it makes it sound like I'm in a witness protection program. <laughs> I, redid it. <laughs> I redid it. There's like an interpretation where I stand there and say what I say. So, Tony, you got to send that to me. I'm dying to see it. I think, thank you. I think that uh, Donald Trump, I really like the way he's talking, and I, Eric has let me down in the past. I'm not here to beat up your boy or nothing, because y'all work together, but... Uh, it must have been a publicity stomp, because I don't think he could have did that without WSB's permission. I mean, maybe he could. It's red state. But oh, I, you I know, think. I couldn't. I, I, the just Listen to me. I say whatever I want. And uh, and we don't uh, we're both hosts on WSB. But there's no, in my opinion, unless it violates an FCC rule. There is there. Nobody asked permission for anything. So I wouldn't think that there. I'm certain that at least on this end, he, this it was him completely independent. That red state thing is 100% him. WSB okay. is co-hosting this party tonight, but this was it's it's Eric's show. And and as a libertarian, I got to tell you, for me, I don't really. Uh, I'm happy to have Donald Trump say whatever he wants and put his foot in his mouth if he wants to or not. And Erickson do what he wants with his show. And the beauty to me, which I mentioned earlier and in every context from gun control to freedom of speech 
the the consequences of liberty are their own discipline because you say this stuff and look you can really you say something offensive you're you want to discriminate against people and you own a small business they're gonna people are gonna boycott you that's why only capital only governments fly the confederate flag you'd never see it outside the mcdonald's i'm not making an opinion on the confederate flag i'm just saying private enterprise doesn't make offensive or controversial political statements because they care about the actual real repercussions and these guys are both living with their boldness and and i just love that 404-872-0750 you might want to try 800 wsb talk this is monica perez it's time 